Hello, Chris here from Old Dirty Brastards. If you're a big fan of this podcast, you can support it through the ACAST support feature. You can give as little or as much as you like, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the description to support now. Thank you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to episode number five of the Old Dirty Brastards podcast. This episode, we're going to be focusing our chat on the song Waterfalls, originally by TLC. Um, So if you haven't listened to it yet, pause it now, hop onto our Spotify, go and listen to our arrangement that we have on our page, Old Dirty Brastards, and then come back and you'll know exactly what we are talking about in this episode. In today, as always, we have... Oh, he's just walked away. (laughs) I'm just closing my window. He's closing his window so you don't get all the ice cream van noises coming in on the (laughs) the recording. Uh, Producer of the podcast, the brains behind the podcast operation, it is Mr. Seb Philpott. Good afternoon, Seb. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm I'm well, thank you. Yeah, I'm just having a lovely day. Lovely. Uh, Excellent. Mainly Zoom-based so far. Yeah, we've just had a little band meeting about some future projects, which has all been very good um yeah, so we're all sort of full of full of hopes and dreams for the future sort of um yeah. and also how many what's the date say 53 days time seb three days yeah. time the Until baby could be here the baby could be here yeah, yeah. i mean probably not you'll probably be probably not two no. weeks over it'd be annoying for charlotte <laughs> <laughs> but yeah are you excited yeah very excited yeah, yeah. and this this one marks we'll mention this in upcoming episodes because we've recorded them all in a funny order. So you're going to hear things from the future, things from the past. Um, but this is this number five is actually the last episode of eight that we have recorded. Um, so yeah, it's sort of, this is the very last one. And then Seb can sort of get his, all his ducks in order and then just concentrate yeah. on becoming a dad for the first time, which we're all super oh, excited yes. for him. Yeah. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. above him in my Zoom screen, uh, he's the co-producer, co-founder, co-everything of Old Dirty Brastards. It's Richard Turner. Hello. Hello, Christopher. How are you, Richard? Are you okay? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, just had a, a nice band meeting. I thought that was very productive, wasn't it? Mm, was, yes. We're using our time wisely. Yeah. And you have a lovely shirt on today as well. Oh, thanks very much. Is that the one you wore for the whole of Glastonbury last year? No, this is the one that I took with me to Glastonbury and didn't wear it because I concentrated my efforts on the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. I think I, had a be- I think I had a vest underneath. I don't know. It, was, uh, it, oh. felt, it didn't feel too uh, 
too dirty afterwards. I don't swear that much. No, you're a very cool, calm customer. Absolutely. And below me on my Zoom screen, for his first outing as a producer for ODB, it's Mr. Barney Philpot. Hi, Barney. Good afternoon. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well. I'm well. You are well. You are well. Yeah. And you are in, and we haven't, I don't think we've talked about this yet, but I mean, we have in future episodes, we've talked about this, but yes. you are now in your soundproof booth that you've I, made. I kind of am, yeah. Yeah. It looks amazing. It looks yeah. Really cool. I, it, yeah. Do you want me to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, what have you got? What, what's on the walls? Okay, well... Hello there, it's uh, Seb Philpot here, the uh, producer of this podcast. I just thought I'd drop in just to say um, Barney is clearly inside a little box. His studio doesn't sound very good, does it? Well, I'll tell you why that is. He messed up something on his recording. So this first bit is from a voice memo. But later on, you'll hear it goes to his nice microphone when you realise what's going on. Um, so his, his little studio is good, honestly. It, you'll hear it later on, about 15 minutes in. All right, bye. So I, in in future episodes, I talk about the fact that I'm building it, but I'm, I'm now, because we were calling this at the end, <laughs> it's kind of now built. There's a lot still to do, but in t- interior-wise... Today marks the first day that the booth is fully sealed um, because the last thing I had to do today was like make build like a cable pass with lots of foam um, that is like clamped up so that I can run um, yeah, all the cables into the booth. Mm-hmm. Um, but then um, soundproofing still remains because the foam kind of um, sort of around the around the wires. Um, but yeah, and I'm I was a bit worried about it about a week ago because I shut the doors and I hadn't cut a hole in the wall for the cable pass yet and I could and I just left my phone in there playing some Spotify and I could really still hear it a lot and I was like oh my oh, right. god anyway I hadn't really treated the room at all and I now have and every, every single surface um, at the very least ha- has cloth on it and then on top of that there's lots of foam and I and I built some um, bass traps out of rock wall and stuff and uh, and I built like a, li- a little um uh, a little sort of corner desk area to put like, the laptop on and, and the interface and things like that. So it's sort of like it's actually functioning now and I shut the door for the first time today and I'm pretty sure we have about an 85% reduction in sound, which I'm absolutely really? bowled over with because the main the main goal of this was to ease ease a bit of um, the spillage for neighbours and stuff. Yeah, um, lovely, lovely neighbours. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, and it's pretty dry in here. I'm just, yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy with it. It's, it's absolute tip on the floor. If you could see on the floor, we've got some foam over there, and we've got some um, massive, and we've got some bass traps wow. on the wall. Um, massive that I've built. I so, just thought something would be like foam booth size, but it's like it's like a room. It's like an actual room. Yeah, it's um pretty much six foot by about four foot. And uh, and you got, I got I've even like rigged in uh, I've got lights. So while we were in that meeting, I started um, varnishing the desk, and I've got a headache now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're just sniffing in the chemicals. Yeah, mate. If you need any egg boxes, let me know. Right, <laughs> Thanks. And then joining us, he was on episode number one. Here he is. It's Mr. Kai Isfrin, a ranger of waterfalls. Hello. Hi, Chris. How are you, Kai? Hello. Can you not hear me? No. Can hear you now. 
Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Hello. Okay. hello. He's in a caravan. Yeah. He's in a caravan. I was so, warned yeah. earlier to keep the microphone away in case it was popping. So I think I took that too literally. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Too, good, to talk. too good at following instructions. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. How are you, go. Kai? You're right. I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, I'm up in Anglesey, North Wales at the moment, so I'm feeling extremely relaxed. Um, just had a couple of days up here, just yeah, going for runs and eating well and being looked after because um, they've only list, lifted restrictions here in Wales maybe mm. on Monday. Oh, so wow. it's the first time I've been able to come and visit my parents. Oh, Is everyone yeah. all right in the factory? Oh yeah, the father. Yeah, it's a it's an abattoir, abattoir. Uh, in Anglesey where 280 people have caught COVID. Oh god! So wow. um, I don't know how that's happened, but uh, bat farm, yeah. chicken. I thought it was a chicken. Yeah. I thought it was a chicken factory. Chicken factory. Um, yeah. Well, it's an abattoir. Like avian avian flu, isn't it? A chicken sort death of. factory. Chicken. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Were your parents parents really happy to see Matty? They must have been, right? They were, yeah, over the moon. They've had a great time. And it's been really nice, actually, from a selfish point of view, just being able to uh, pretend that, you know, oh, wouldn't it be nice if you had the monitor tonight and you got up Mm -hmm. with her and like, oh, wouldn't that be a lovely, like, bonding experience? Whereas, in fact, it just means we get a lion for the first time in six months. So, Wouldn't it be lovely to wipe her ass? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Oh, she'd love it if it was you changing a nappy for a change. It'd really, yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of that going on, but um, they love it really. And uh, yeah, yeah. so that's where I am in in their caravan, which is parked up on the driveway uh, in Anglesey. Beautiful. It sounds nice. It makes for a good re- sort of recording booth. It's got good acoustics. Oh, does it? Yeah. yeah. Nice and dry. Nice. Oh, that's what I was going for. <laughs> oh, and here we are. This is the first time you are going to hear from uh, our next team member for this podcast. He is half of the High Notes gang in Old Dirty Brastards. Uh, he has lovely curly hair that gives him similarities between a certain 80s pop star from Manchester. It's <laughs> Freddie Bowles. Hi, Freddie. Hello. 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 Uh, hello. How are you? You're right. Uh, I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. Thanks for having me. We have the pleasure of about five or six foxes that like to shag outside my bedroom window um, at about two o'clock in the morning, and it it literally, you know, I, I get out of bed in a full rage. And then shouting out of my window, banging the window, trying to get them to stop and then go away. And then you think that they've gone away. And then just as you're drifting off again, about 10 minutes later, they're back. And it's literally like a, a conveyor belt. You know, they, yeah. they just have a go one after the other. An orgy of foxes. An orgy of foxes, yeah. yeah. I don't know what, what a collective what noun is for term? foxes. What is the collective noun? Does anyone know? Orgy, surely. An orgy. Yeah. I, 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 well, if, if it's... If it wasn't before, it is now. Um, but uh, are they in the street, Freddie, or on like your on your property? Um, they're they're in the street. Oh, um, right, so you can't. So they must be waking up uh, all the beepers oh. anywhere. Yeah. Well, we've got beeper. we've got a beeper neck uh, in our front garden because uh, oh, right, they kept yeah. doing uh, their business on on the rattan. Yeah, and, shagging uh, on the rattan. Yeah, <laughs> so we we had to get the old um, the high pitched squeaker 
Oh, a funny yeah. story about this. I got the high-pitched squeaker in the plant pot to keep them away. Anyway, I forgot about that, and I've become used to not ever hearing it anymore because you can just about hear it, even though it's like dog pitch. Um, <laughs> and um, I got I started filming slow-motion bees um, uh, in my bushes, and then and then I and I filmed and I played it back, and 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 then I went to Anna, my partner. I was like, "Oh my god, Anna, I've discovered." Bees have this, they scream when they're flying about. They're like, <laughs> right? And I was like, listen to this. And then I realized that I, actually I was hearing the, the dog pitch down at like two and a half octaves or something. And, uh, and I wasn't hearing Funny, the bees brilliant. at all. Yeah, I thought I'd like made a bee discovery. I love your optimism, yeah. Yeah, I've discovered that bees make this sound. No one else has ever tried to study this. Yeah. Until I decided Did you know to that film bees them. just scream? Yeah, nobody knows that. There's bloody honey! Honey! I love it! They're flapping their wings, they're in constant pain. Oh. They love flying. Yeah. Hey, I've, yeah. Got, um, I've got the collective noun for foxes, if anyone oh, wants. Oh, what is it? Oh, there are actually five. Oh, greedy. Um, I will go. Uh, here we go. Leash, skulk, earth, lead or lead, and troop. Oh, troop seems Ooh. to be the, the one that, yeah, that would be the one, wouldn't it? A troop of foxes. I like skulk. Yeah. Is, skulk isn't there a troop of monkeys skulking. and things They do well. skulk around, don't they? Mm. A what of monkeys, Fred? Is, isn't there a troop of monkeys too? I'm sure there's a troop of some type of some type of monkey, maybe. Monkeys, you've got troop, barrel, carload, yeah. cartload, carload. carload of monkeys. <laughs> Do you remember that song that came out a couple of years ago called What Does the Fox Say? Oh, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, kids loved that one, didn't kids they? Kids absolutely loved it. It was like the crazy frog of its time, wasn't it? Just yeah, animal-related. The precursor to Baby Shark or whatever it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and what's the new one? Um, shagging on the rattan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably. Yeah. Barney, what is a what is a rattan? I don't know rattan is like your, your weaved uh, garden furniture, but oh, you know, like the grey stuff. Mm, yeah, yeah, bring, yeah, bring the cushions in every night. So, no. nice. actually, we decided to start leaving them out because it was easier to wipe shit off that than the intertwining <laughs> rattan. Oh, no. um, <laughs> anyway, it's, it's it's all kind of solved now. They do stay away. They've learned it's just not a friendly place yeah, because of the bees not. screaming. <laughs> That's a lovely little insight to your, you know, like just like I was just filming some slow motion bees. Just just too much optimism. I think as you do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, bees. Let's slow them down and have a good look. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was doing a slow mo period of uh, of videography in my in my head. I kept hiding my phone inside like a bird's table and stuff, and getting yeah. like um, slow mo robins landing and and stuff. Uh, oh, amazing! Yeah, that was um, probably my uh, my sort of uh, one of my sort of mental breakdowns of lockdown. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. You're going out and doing these things. And we've all had them. We all. <laughs> yeah. In five years' time, you'll be talking on a podcast about how you just had this footage of bees flapping about, and you thought, <laughs> it's perfect for the music video that we're making, and yeah, yeah. yeah. it'll all tie, yeah. tie in. Yeah. Oh, you're. Also, I forgot to tell the audience. You're also the the videographer for this one as well, because we've got a video. Yeah. That goes with this. So, you know, in lockdown, we got a video, which is all good, but different as well. So we can chat about that later. But shall we start, as we begin to groove, shall we start with talking about the arrangement first, Kai? 
Absolutely, Chris. Thank you. Um, <laughs> just thinking, like, so you, obviously Waterfalls has been in our set for quite a while. Um, and I think one of the reasons we wanted to record it is because it's very clever because there's like a mashup in there and, you know, it's just, it's a really strong, it's got a really good strong tune, um, works out very cleverly. And yeah, we just thought we'll add it into this group of recordings. I think it'd be something that people would really want to hear um, from our catalogue of stuff that they haven't already heard. Um, where, you know, when you when you first did it, because this is like, you know, for some of the stuff we've been doing, they've been on album shows. And I think this and Bad Guy in the run of singles are probably the only two, perhaps, that haven't been commissioned for an album show. Um, yeah. So, like you know, this was just one that you thought, "I'll oh, do this and then see what the guys think." So, what, what, when you, when, what was your sort of thinking that you wanted to do this as as an arrangement? Uh, well, this is the oldest arrangement of the of the whole lot that we've released recently. So, I did this back in 2015, and at that time, was it 2015? Maybe 14? It was a long time ago, anyway. And at, at that time, we were all just arranging anything to wide on the band's repertoire and so there wasn't any um wasn't any pattern or an album show that we specifically had to arrange certain tunes for and this came about because vic my wife who was uh suggested that uh i do no scrubs by tlc uh which i ended up doing anyway for the brassioki show that we've done recently but at the time um just in searching for no scrubs Waterfalls came on and I immediately sort of thought, well, uh, that would suit the band to a T just because of the style of it. We didn't really have anything like it in the set at that time either. Uh, so I went for Waterfalls instead. And then... The whole Macy Gray thing coming in halfway through or towards the end of the track um, was a complete accident. I was I, as I was listening to it, trying to arrange it, I just kept singing the "I Try" chorus over it and by mistake, really. And then, um, yeah. So fortunately, that amount of sort of ignorance as to what the tune was led to this happy <laughs> mashup that we've ended up with today. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, so it was a mistake. I was up in, I was on tour at the time doing the Wicked uh, tour and I was in Bradford. And have, you, have any of you ever been to Bradford for a prolonged period of time? I, am, I have to say I have no. not. So oh I'm my God. A prolonged period of time. Uh, oh, yeah. I sometimes mean, the, the, uh, the, the route that it takes me to drive to Anderson the Lakes drives me directly through the middle of Bradford. And that's enough yeah. for me. That's it. Right. So I'm talking about the very middle of, because... I'm very aware that there's loads of beautiful places in and around Bradford, but to spend a month of your time living in the centre of Bradford, mm-hmm. I don't mind saying I think it's the worst place in the UK. Right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it is. Oh. Oh, it is. It's awful there. It's like there's just nothing open. There's nothing. There's n- oh, Yeah. Anyway, so it was the perfect time to get the laptop out and try knocking out a few arrangements for the band mm. and this happened to be one that 
uh, everyone took to quite quickly and has managed to stay in our set ever since then and morphed into what, what it is now. Yeah, no, it's, it's very good. Oh, yeah, I do really love that sort of cheeky nod to Macy Gray as it sort of entwines itself yeah. into the arrangement at the end. And for the sort of keen listeners, you might actually, because there's the obvious bit towards the end where the chorus to I Try sets off properly, but actually right from the word go, there are snippets of I Try playing throughout. So uh, I think it's trombone two has it at the start of the verse. I've just changed the very beginning of that line there so that you can hear a bit of I Try. And then leading into the chorus as well, I've got the whole lower brass, so the tuba, bass trombone, one of you trombone plays as well, is playing a lick from the I Try section going into the chorus. So hopefully when it when it finally arrives and oh you've realised, oh yeah, you switched tunes here, it's sort of I've gently um ease you into it yeah subliminal messaging <laughs> sort of uh, made you think that it's a, a, quite a smooth transition so that was the idea behind it anyway so, i like those times when you come up with a mashup that's like an accident like because it actually then just if you're doing it accidentally then it's the most then it's gonna you know it's gonna work cause it's the most natural yeah it's the most natural combination it? rather than like shoehorning one in um, which I've definitely tried to do in the past and <laughs> maybe doesn't always catch. But I've done um, some Googling actually in, prepar- in preparation for this podcast just to see if there is another mashup of it out there because I was thinking I better not say that I came up with this by accident and then there's like a Glee version of it or, or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Oh, yeah, they, and, they're the yeah. absolute kings and queens of mashups, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But fortunately, it's just one fellow with a guitar and yeah. he's done it the other way around where he's used the I Try verses and yeah. the Waterfalls chorus. I was like, brilliant, you can get away with it. There's the... Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yummy. There's a, a band uh, a bunch of us have worked with on occasion um, called Bastille and and the main guy in that, Dan, he they had a big hit with Rhythm of the Night slash Rhythm is a Dancer made as a mashup purely because he genuinely thought it was the same song. So yeah, that's, so, it, that's so, it. It's a really similar similar sort of story. But, but yeah, so therefore, when it goes straight into it, and we we now play rhythm of the night in our B rave set, and I'm always uh, really thrown when we don't then go into rhythm as a dancer. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm so used to it. But um, but if they go together accidentally, that's because it's nat- naturally going to work very well, very organically. Do you remember when we were all in Mighty Hoopla one year and TLC were performing? Yeah. And then a bunch of us had gone to the sort of back of their, whatever was the stage, wherever they were playing, and they played Waterfalls. And then automatically, right at the end where the chorus started, all of us started singing I Try Macy Gray over it. (laughs) And you had like a big crowd of people turning around going, who are these twats? I'm so sorry to those people. Arrogant, arrogant. Really ruining their They're singing the wrong songs. It's literally the wrong song. (laughs) Yeah. That is not, it's not by TLC. I don't know, it could have been worse. We could have suddenly started going like, I go do, do, do. Yeah, 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 I guess, yeah. Always an option. (laughs) So that's it with the arrangement, really. There's nothing, uh, and then I had this idea at the time, and Waterfalls was the first time I did it, where, and it came from, because I'm from a brass banding background and uh, there's a trumpet player called Elga Howarth who wrote a load of brass band pieces 
And I remember him talking about one of his pieces and, t- and telling us as kids once that if you listen to all his brass band pieces, somewhere in there is the same motif. So there's like a lick or something that uh, a phrase that he uses in all his pieces, whether it's hidden uh, in the harmony lines or if it's in the main melody, it's just somewhere something that he's left in there. And I uh, really liked that idea. So when I was writing Waterfalls, I thought, oh, I'm going to try and get a same lick into all my Brastards arrangements and sort of <laughs> sneakily hide it. And in, whereas in Waterfalls, it's not very subtle. It's um, it's just... Or oh, shagging on the rattan. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a Kai, a Kai is friend light motif that you've got in it. Yeah, that's right. what I was going for, you know. I was, I was, I was really thinking of myself as a... <laughs> as a as a, a young so Elgar Howarth, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thinking, you're, the, you're the baddie entering the room. In an yeah, opera. exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought thought it would be a great idea to sort of sneakily hide it, and at the very least, it would make the lads smile when we sort of mm-hmm. get a new arrangement in a rehearsal and they recognise that bit. Anyway, I think it lasted maybe four or five arrangements, and I binned it now. Sick of oh, it. No. Oh, oh no, I like it. We yeah, always. Really I mean, good, we do but... have words for that. Uh, well. Uh, you, oh, yeah, we, yeah. We always say, shove it up your bum hole. But... Yeah. <laughs> oh, Barnaby. I it was shove it on the drop box. Shove it on the drop box. box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, oh, yeah. Years, in hundreds of years' time, they'll be uh, analysing your arrangements, Kai, and they'll be like, oh, this was his period where he just refrained you know from, yeah. the, from his signature. And then and then it was back. I think know, so. It's like, um, it's like Shostakovich used to do DSCH. Mm. And Bach would do B A C H. Yeah, oh, right. I, I, I think yeah. I, w- I really was putting myself in that category, you know. Yeah, the, this idea. Yeah, I can be <laughs> a the lot next. Of yeah, do it in their pictures as well, don't they? There's That's a it. Little, a little tiny signature somewhere. Oh no! As in they sign their name. Yeah. At the bottom. Yeah, yeah. They have lot of, lots of hidden meanings and things in the pictures. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 lads. Glad to take the piss out of you, Freddie. You don't literally mean, you, you don't. It's not just the signature, is it? You're saying that there's an element of the of the image which has got a little little. Something. Yeah, well, sometimes it will be a, a, um, a signature, and sometimes it'll be oh. um, some little well something else. What do you mean? Uh, like, like the artist will always put their name on the bottom of the picture. Yeah, they'll do that, but they'll also they'll also do something else within the picture, like within I don't know the iris of an eye. They'll draw, draw right. something, oh, right. they'll yeah, put yeah, their yeah. initials, or, they, or they'll do something. Because otherwise, I was going to com- claim that I did the same thing by putting arranged by Kaiyasfin at the top of it. It's a common theme. Common theme. I mean, that's art in itself. What was it? Times New Roman. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> pretty groundbreaking. Oh, no. I, I've been going for keyboard aerial. Oh yeah, I'm Calibri through and through, mate. Nice, <laughs> Calibri. Yeah, it was I'm like Futura. it was the Futura new. Uh, oh no, I'm, I'm Futura for like, but Calibri for documents. Mm. Futura for uh, uh, yeah. for like um, videography words and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, Calibri. Mas told me to do Calibri for my for my CV. In <laughs> yeah, I like it. It was when I bought uh, Office in like 2005 or 2006. That was the new automatic font instead of Times New Roman. They'd cottoned on that it was a bit shit. And, um, and it was Calibri. It is shit. So then uh, I stuck with Calibri, even though we're now 2020. Mm, 2020. Mm, yeah. Go. I've got, tell you what else was interesting about this arrangement was um, because I'd done it so long ago, when we 
came to record these tracks that we've re- released at the moment, I obviously, I went back to the Sibelius file and revisited it with fresh eyes of someone who'd been arranging stuff for Bastards for five years since. And it was amazing how far sort of my own arranging skills had come uh, and how much I knew more about the band and how to arrange for the band in 2020 compared to 2015. Because I'd, I'd looked at some of the stuff that was down and thought, what? Why we? Why did you write that? Or that obviously won't work. So editing this ready for these recordings was a really interesting process. And one of the things was that at the moment, if any arrangements we put out um, these days has so much more detail in it. And I think it's because because the turnover of pieces we've got at the moment is way bigger than it was in 2015. So we need to be able to play exactly what the arranger means instantly. So the the level of detail as far as the articulation and dynamics and things that I was putting in for this edited version was a million miles away from what we used to be reading in 2015, where you just put some notes on the page and gradually over 10 or 12 gigs, everyone figures out what we mean. So, um, yeah, that, that was good to sort of have a little snapshot of how far we'd come how far I'd come personally as an arranger and also as a as as a band, you know, knowing each other's strengths and weaknesses and what goes where. Um Was it yeah. an easy process um coming back to something and like taking looking at an old arrangement and then like saying, Oh, I'll take that bit out, take that bit out, or or did at any point you think, actually, is it better just to start again knowing what I know now? It was it was it was an easy process with this one because the biggest issue that I found going back and revisiting was the voicings so um things like you know i had i had a lot of tuba bass trombone in octaves i had a lot of people doubling parts i had i had things that i wanted to come through the texture but they were in the wrong octave or you know things that you, that i'd only learned through being sat in rehearsals and workshopping pieces and hearing people play talk about their own instruments and what works for them, what doesn't work for them. Um, and putting all that into the edited version, almost instantly, even playing it back through Sibelius, I, th- I was I remember thinking, oh my God, that's so much better. You know, just thinking about bass trombones and tuba in fifths, there's a really strong connection between those parts there. Um, using octaves in the trumpets a lot more with those... Um, when all that comes in yeah so so it just strengthened everything that i already had on the page because I, I just remember doing um don't stop me now we did for um, one of the shows last year <laughs> and i'd i'd arranged that a few years before and i <laughs> that was one of those ones where i'd really crowed crowbarred in a mashup oh it was for someone it, it was for someone's someone had, first dance at their wedding or something wasn't it it was commissioned yeah. by a wedding <laughs> sorry and you I, tell him so sorry well no i just that i um no close i um i i found a similarity in the uh in the verse to uh the theme tune from grandstand um <laughs> oh, yeah. so I um yeah so I arranged it and so what it basically meant was that um there was like an extra just extra beats and bars here and there so it was unrecognizable from don't stop me now um 
thankfully, I don't actually think the bride and groom uh, stayed together. It. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think they danced to it, but I think they, they walked off after about a minute. I don't really remember anyone really paying it much attention. Yeah. The, the, they, the they, ending was they weren't amazing. annoyed. No, 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 no one complained, which is great. But the ending was 100% grandstand. <laughs> yeah, it did end with... And it was one of those things that we didn't give it a run through. We just fired straight in because we didn't have time. Yeah. And it was just, yeah. I think, you know, we were lucky to get to the end of it without all creasing up laughing. It was, it was that, brilliant. It was bloody it's brilliant. It goes... Um, Tonight I'm gonna have myself for a good time. Na, 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 da, da, da. No, that's you're singing Biker Grove. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, you're singing Grange Hill. Um, yeah. but great grandson. So you yeah. sing that and I'll sing um Well over Zoom, uh, this is gonna work, is it? Yeah, yeah, here we go. <laughs> a one, two, three, tonight. Anyway, it didn't really work. So last year I had to revisit it and what I did was find the file and then take all the bits out and just rework it and and it took me ages and what i should have just done is just start again yeah and it took me way longer than it than it could have done i was lucky i was lucky with this one that it didn't it didn't warrant a complete oh yeah um, it it didn't need a whole didn't need a whole revamp yeah he didn't need to remove a sports theme tune so i get yeah (laughs) (laughs) i feel like though seb you know talking about stages chris in years time and if the scholars were to study your arrangement um style then you definitely went through a patch of every piece that you brought to rehearsal you were trying to make people laugh Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I yeah. did. I did. That's true. So, uh, you just shoehorn some sort of rap, ba da ba da bum, or some sort of musical well, comedy. I, well, my first few arrangements, I always had a stupid ending. Oh, yeah. That was sort of the thing yeah. I always used to do. Hang on. I think your first arrangement said was, wasn't it this charming man? Yeah, it was. Yeah. That was like eight years ago. That, I thought that was, yeah. that was pretty good. There's no. It was okay, actually. No, not that one not comedy, was it? it was no, actually, stiff. that one wasn't Oh, no, comedy. yeah, that was pre-comedy phase. Well, you wait till I do an arrangement of my favourite song, Calibri. Calibri, bri, bri. Amazing. Um, the thing about this one, Kai, Waterfalls, is always a really hard one. I always find, I'm always sort of a bit stumped where to put it in a set. Because in my head, because it starts off quite sort of slow tempo. I mean, it stays the same tempo all the way through, but by the time you get to the end, it's all sort of blazing guns and whistles. But before that, it sort of is a bit of a slow build. So I'm never really sure where to put it just to sort of think, if you put it, yeah, you don't want to lose a momentum in a set from one to another. You sort of want the peaks and troughs. So it's always just like, well, it will start like this, but then it'll end like this. And so I always find it's it's a bit of an enigma to me. I mean, you know, I... Find always find a way to put it in somewhere, but it can work as a nice sort of end of setter, um, you know, before going on to a second set, or it can just work. Sometimes you just get it started at the beginning of a set. I don't know. It's just it's just one of these ones that sort of because of the Macy Gray bit, 
it sort of gives it a new life. But it's also nice and breezy because you've got those nice sort of things that make you think of the West Coast and whatnot. Yeah, it's, it's from cool. an album called Crazy Sexy Cool, isn't it? Which is oh, uh, I've never listened to the album. Which is a nice, which is a nice description about your CV, of the piece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. Attributes. <laughs> Under strengths, you've put Works crazy well in sexy teams. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Born leader. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, which sort of describes it well. I always think of it as the bit where, in the middle of all the energy of a set, where everyone sorts of bumps and grinds a bit and feels that they everyone thinks they're a member of TLC for uh, three and a half minutes and sort of they get a sing along. Mm. Yeah. They've got they had did you know Oh no the nicknames of the members of TLC? No. I only found well, this Lisa, out. isn't it Lisa Left Eye Lopez? Yeah she's like the she's a really famous one isn't she? Had the eye um, did she dead. die? Yeah, she, she died, died in a car plane, accident. Oh. oh was it a car or a plane? I thought it was plane. No, plane was a liar. A liar. Oh, okay, right. So, oh, I didn't know. Well, there you go. Right, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then another one was called T Boz. Oh yeah. Tion T Boz Watkins, mm. and then the other well, one was she sounds a bit like C Watkins. Yeah. T Boz. C Boz. Yeah. And then and Rosonda Chili Thomas. Yeah. It's always cold. Always cold. I wonder what oh, they're... see, in my head, I go straight for the hot chilies. I was thinking food. Yeah, she's had an accident once in a, <laughs> in a, in a curry house. <laughs> that was not Cholula. Yeah. <laughs> Her yeah. name is Cholula. If we say Cholula enough, we'll get uh, some free Cholula in the post. What's Cholula? <laughs> it's, a, it's a mild hot sauce, but it's very tasty. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, it got me thinking that there aren't any, there aren't enough nicknames in our band, really. We've been very oh, Dan- West because of, of Kanye yeah. West. Yeah, yeah Freddie's got about ten names, <laughs> which we do cover in depth in a future episode. Oh, um, yeah. uh, we've got Sea Bass. Yeah, uh, it's kind of it kind of stops there, doesn't it? Yeah, no. I get Elvis. called Elvis. Oh, well, oh Elvis. Elvis! Yeah, Elvis. Of course. Seb doesn't have a nickname. We need to get Seb a nickname. Well, not not to my knowledge. Um, Just, where does the Colonel come from, Dicky? That's your one. Uh, it's Seabass came up with, isn't it? Because I think that the Colonel was Elvis's manager. Colonel Tom Parker. Is that, Is that right? right? Mm. I think so. Yeah. Ah. So, yeah, Elvis and the Colonel. There you go. I never knew that. Rick must have one. Uh, Ricardo. It's a bad animal. Animal. Um, animal. Animal. Yeah. Yeah, animal. Just get animal. Ricardo. Yeah. All right, Ricardo. Yeah. The Barney. Yeah. Oh, and the, the baby faced assassin. The ticket. Oh, yeah. Hello. Oh, yeah. Hello. Peter Pan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just custom. Kai doesn't have one, right? I don't have one, no. no. He doesn't, no. Nor do I. But my, na- my name is quite Barney, confusing yeah. to people, so I think I think getting getting their minds around the name Kaiosfin is enough of a challenge <laughs> for most people without even overcomplicating it. Guess what my nickname was as a, as a kid growing up? Do you really want us to guess? <laughs> 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 Big forehead, ugly twat. <laughs> really it might not work out very well for no, you. No, no, yeah. What, what am I doing here? Abattoir Jim. Ab- yeah. <laughs> they used to call me... Um, Kai left eye is friend. Kids in, yeah. Kids in my primary school used to call me Galaxy Boy because my dad had a Ford Galaxy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Galaxy Kai. Isn't that great? Yeah. Galaxy Gal- Gal- You're a Galaxy Boy. Oh, well, there I we thought go. It was something like eating loads of Galaxy chocolate or something. But mm. that's, yeah. That's better. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like the Milky yeah. Bar Kid. Galaxy Boy. Galaxy Boy. 
Yeah, it didn't stick, God. thankfully. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, but I mean, did they not take? Did they not give you anything because of your your acting career as a youngster? Uh, no, no. I sort of yeah got away with it there. Well, I, I, was, I was hardly I was hardly in school. <laughs> um, I used to be on a program called Round Around, which is like a a Welsh biker grove. So yeah, brilliant. From the what age happened of, like, to your What happened to your character, Kai? Have I told you this? Is that why you're bringing it up? Is it? Yeah, I want you to tell the audience how oh. you got written out of this series. So, <laughs> so uh, like, I was about, I think I was about fourteen, fifteen, and and had decided because it was taking ages because you know, you're on the film set all day, mm. and then I was really into football at the time as well, and I just wanted to play football as much as I could. So I decided to s- say to them, I was like, I just don't, just don't want to do it anymore. I, w- I want out. And um, so I'm like, all right. And it was like, it was like uh, they'd script write of on the week of filming or the week before. It was all like a really quick process. So I'd let them know short notice. So I'm playing, I'm in this scene and reading the script and it's like, all right, Kai, um, a couple of my mates just go to the shop. And I had a paper round at the time and the guy in the shop just goes, oh, where's Kai today? And one of the guys on the program goes, he's got Grand Fever. And that was it. <laughs> oh, and you never what? came back. I never came never back. Really and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how, that's how that I was. That saves a bit of budget on uh, like a massive like bus crash or something, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. 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 For hiring a black cab. Just had Grand Fever. And guess what my character name was in it? Kai. It was Kai, yeah. God. Wow. God, they really put thought into that didn't they so unimaginative but I guess so because you just like didn't come back after the glandular fever yeah does that mean you could actually go back you could still take yeah. still room for you to go back into I mean even more so than series. Dirty Den I'd say yeah, so yeah exactly like yeah it was, was it Nick Cotton or someone like that came back or Oh, they all come yeah. back. They all, they all yeah. yeah even if they've been put through a mincer or something like that. <laughs> Sometimes they come back Get as a back. ghost. <laughs> didn't didn't Pat Butcher come back as a ghost recently? Really? Oh, what, when, to talk to Peggy or something like when that? Peggy, or... Yeah, when Peggy was about to leave yeah. this mortal coil. I might suggest oh, a little plot line where the whole time I've been working in that chicken factory <laughs> and this whole release of COVID-19 is... And, yeah, there, there must be It was me! Of, I started it! Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Great impression of Kai there. That was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was, a bit too, that was a bit too South Walian. South Walian, yeah, for sure. Um, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I started it! Oh, oh, yeah. Angry <laughs> South Walian. Yeah. Oh, no, that was definitely North. Come on. No, it's very good. I think you'll find boys that I do the best North Walian accents. That is actually very good. like... Yeah, it's sort of a bit scouse, isn't it? Like that. Those soft tones made me think it was my mother as well. It was very good, Dickie. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, about to tell me off. <laughs> Kai is Come here, Kai. You've been a very naughty boy. <laughs> What's your middle name, Kai? Um, no, I've only got... Don't need one. Don't need one. Unnecessary <laughs> middle names. Get rid of it. Get rid of yeah, it. Yeah, I've only got it. two. Has anyone Get rid of a middle name, make up a surname. Has Do anyone, what you want, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Has anyone here ever used their middle name for any good reason? Uh, Mine's awful. Every day. It, Do you? Oh, yeah, well, obviously, yeah. We, we mentioned this in a future podcast as well. But That's Fred, not a good reason, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie's real just, name is just Arthur. everyday use. Yeah. Arthur, yeah. Freddie's an Arthur. Yeah. I am my, uh, my middle name makes my initials BJ, which I don't mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Barney and I are brothers, but we have the same middle name. 
which is, which is rare, I believe. Because like, yeah. no, isn't your father's name, is it? Yeah. Yeah, my dad's called John. And so is Barney. SJ, but, um, BJ. Well, yeah. my middle name. Not sure why. My middle name is Michael, so RMT. Uh, and people always go, oh, yeah, you call Richard Mark Turner. Um, and Mark is the name of my twin brother, as if he was oh. called Mark oh. Richard Turner. As if anyone would oh, ever yeah. do that to yeah. their children. <laughs> uh, so, but but you, your dad didn't do the same thing. He's not called Marky Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, is your, what is your brother's middle name? Alex. Alexander. No. Alexander. Yeah. Alex Turner? Yeah, yeah. yeah actually, that's true. Oh, yeah, he's called Mark Alex Turner. He's like, wow. cool. who's your brother, Mark? Alex Turner. <laughs> so, so who's your brother, Mark? Alex Turner. <laughs> Yeah. Amazing. Loads of people yeah. only have one name. Like Deco. Like like Pele. Pele, Deco. I am mainly thinking of Brazilian football players. Sonia. Prince. Yeah. Ecto. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the Ecto. There we go. Of course. Yeah, that's his nickname. Oh, Eddie's, yeah, Eddie's nickname. We've got that. It's been a nickname. But Kai, for a long has, time. has Matty got a middle name? Matty's not got a middle name, no. So <laughs> She's got a nickname. I, no I nickname her, yet. Yeah. <laughs> What, what, yeah, um, I don't know what a nickname would be. Uh, can't think of one. But no, she hasn't got a middle name either, so it's just Matty Isfrin. Ooh. Ah. It is a bit of a consideration, isn't it, when you're choosing your child's name, you think, okay, so what is someone going to shorten this to? So I hope you've been thinking about that, Seb. Mm. Yeah, you're yeah. going to give your daughter a middle name? Yeah. Yeah, got a middle name, sorted. Excellent. And you're going to tell us yeah. child's name on the podcast right now. Go. Calibri. <laughs> Calibri. I thought I'd get him. My daughter, Calibri. <laughs> I just realised that um, before we started, you gave me a warning about popping the microphone. And then I've just said the word Pele. 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 <laughs> Three or four times in the last 10 minutes. So good luck editing that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. 
Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Right, we've got, I mean, we should crack on because Dick is going to have to go and pick up his son from nursery at some point. Um, so hit Barney, let's now talk about you becoming a producer um because you know we've obviously in future episodes that we've recorded before this we've talked about all the other processes and stuff but we've never actually talked about you know what you know your your thought process of when you actually you know you said right i'll i'll do four can i do four i'll do four and so we split the producing duties between you and johnny so you know what was your sort of when you were gearing up for it um any apprehensions, any fears, or like, were you just like super excited to do it? Um, you know, what was, what was your thought process about becoming a producer um, um, to produce some singles for us? Well, I think probably fair to say a little bit of all those things maybe. Um, but I probably wouldn't have been up for doing it if I didn't know that I, I could probably do it. I think I, like, I knew I had lots to learn definitely, but at the same time, it's, it wasn't a massive jump from, uh, what I'd managed to do in the past with with audio and stuff. I've recorded, you know, I've recorded things over over the years, um, you know, a lot. Like um, because of my videography, for example, I, I worked, uh, did a little job for Freddie earlier in the year um, where we we made a we made some content for Freddie and his uh, solo work. Simply Fred. <laughs> and and but by doing One that day. we didn't have um you know often when we've made videos in the past um we have audio that i'm just pairing video to so yeah. um spoiler alert but sometimes in videos the brasters are miming right so um <laughs> whereas whereas with but with freddie he hadn't done the audio yet so he not only booked me for the videography he was like can can you also uh record what what we do here and um in Ooh. in one sense that becomes trickier because you have to juggle both the videography and the audio in on on the shoot and everything and then in the edit but then in another sense it's so much simpler because you're not trying to match up um kind of people not quite miming in time or or mm. uh, you know whatever so it, it, everything just slots in and, and works um like because you've you know you multicam it or whatever so mm. I've done jobs like that over the years since doing videography um, and getting very used to that kind of audio recording. But yeah, admittedly, that is two to three inputs at once. You know, it might be a, a duo or, or a soloist with an accompanist or um, whatever. Um, and so, um, yeah, a bit of a leap from that. But essentially the... Um, the 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 science is is not far away, and also the way we do it, the way we've always done it with Johnny over the last couple of years, is people come in one by one. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it in that sense, what I, what I knew I I was sort of ready for um, was the musical side of it because we all rehearse together all the time, and we all chuck mm. in our our thoughts and feelings about how something should be played or whatever, and and. I'm used to that. So I knew that that aspect of things would be good. Um, 
And, you know, I just wanted people to feel really comfortable in, in the space. Um, so, yeah, technically it was going to be quite simple. And, and musically, I felt uh, like I could offer something quite nice. And, yeah, I've just, I've just, like, picked up a lot from recording with Johnny and knowing, like, what I like about that process and everything. And um, I, I just wanted to give it a go. And you very kindly gave me the opportunity to to do it um to in a sort of way of like well if it doesn't work it doesn't work you know there was no pressure from you guys to be like um if you fail this we are gonna for us us it's just amazing that there's another person that can do it you know what i mean yeah that's that's the thing because you have to give someone the chance Yeah, so like obviously Johnny is absolutely fantastic, but he's only one pair of hands mm. and he's only got so much time. He's a busy boy. So the fact that we can potentially, um, the whole thing with Brass has always been about many hands make light work. We, mm. we get lots done because of that. So um, so so me going into this and and it was kind of, kind of going in this, into this with Seb as well. Cause, uh, Seb's going to, I'm sure, do some as well in the future. Um, everything's a bit, higgledy-piggledy with, with moving rooms and babies at the moment for you. But um, initially we were going to absolutely do it together and then Seb has got Seb got too busy with touring and stuff that he wasn't actually around. Um, and so I kind of picked up the slack and ended up doing doing the majority of it, really, um, in this instance. But Seb will, will go and do it. And so we bought loads of uh, mics together because um, we, we want to about a year year and a half ago we decided we wanted to push on with doing uh remote recording which obviously everyone's doing now um but you know it's it's it doesn't mean that it's it's not uh it's not still not a good a good business idea or or you know creative no, idea so it's so, about having someone barn just to quickly interject yeah that, the whole remote recording thing is like yeah we've all got microphones and we've all got you know, all the equipment for it, but it's about having someone that knows what they're doing with it. Like I've done a few bits and bobs with people, but I still have no, I, you know, I don't have the time to pick it all up properly and get into it, but I, was, so I can do yeah. bits and bobs here and there and I can record this audio for this podcast, but I don't know what I'm doing and I wouldn't record someone else. But to do that, you know, you have to have the, the, the tools and the knowledge and you do have that, you know, having recorded with you, it, there was never any point when I was recording with I thought he doesn't know what he's doing you were right. quick to everything oh, thanks. you, knew how to, <laughs> well, no, you knew how to stack up all the takes and everything it was it was like being in with Johnny um, right you know, well that's nice just yeah sort of thanks. similar bedside manner as well yeah no uh, yeah so uh, and also I did slightly train a bit in it at college mm. I, I took the module of uh studio i think it's called studio musicianship I think it was called or well, studio production I think that's what it's called and um uh I mean the the equipment and and uh, sort of education that that was at my fingertips at the Royal College of Music was obviously sky high. Like I, I could mm. never afford any of that gear. Yeah. It was just state of the art um, to the point where you didn't even need to record anyone because their sample packages that they've got <laughs> on yeah. uh, on Logic is like from like the Berlin Phil and costs thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of pounds. And it sounded real. It was like, bloody hell, that's good. Anyway, um, but no, they had amazing stuff. And and we, we one of my sort of um, exam projects in that was to uh, to run run a day-long session. And it was all, we were down in the studio in like the, uh, you know, way down below the concert hall. And they're all connected through the walls and stuff, they're rigged up to go to like any of those main performance spaces in in the building, in the concert hall. So we we rigged up in the concert hall and we recorded 
um, a couple of different things, like large, large band things. Uh, I think we did maybe Horn of Puente, which is fantastic. But um, so we did that, and and I, and I was the what was my role? We did one of us was oh I was the engineer, so I I I rigged up all the mics and and cables and everything like that. Um, someone else was the the, the sort of post production producer. Uh, and uh, and someone else was uh, like the oh, sorry, the editor, and someone was the the producer on the day, um, which is more of like a musicianship thing. Um, so yeah, I kind of through all these like built up experiences, like all admittedly f- fairly small things, it meant I went into this thing with a fairly confident head, um, and but yeah, not totally confident until Seb came in. Uh, visited with all all the new gear we'd bought together, and we we tried a a, f- a fake like a a demo of bad guy, and we just built up ourselves um, mm. on top of each other on, on in the track and everything, and just to go okay, I know where we're at with I know how this is going to work, um, I know how things going to stack up, I know what microphone settings we need to use and all that stuff, and. Um, and I, I just practiced with that file that we'd, we'd recorded. I just practiced with that file for like a week or so, um, just just doing a fake mix and everything. And and it was yeah, it was it was fine, but it was enough to teach me that like I I definitely knew like what I was going to do going into it. So um, yeah, yeah. And then and then I I just learned so much along the way. I, I had like you know so much time. We've had lockdown, so everyone's had so much time. So I had so much opportunity to speak with johnny a lot um for advice um and we wanted our sounds to marry up so we had a lot of the same like plugins on things obviously it's yeah it still has our our own individual takes on it our own sounds and we've not done everything exactly the same but we wanted them to to marry up because they are a bunch of eight singles um and so yeah i I can't thank johnny enough for, for all his guidance and in mastering the tracks as well um kind of just talking me through that process so like now now i know mastering so that's really fantastic yeah. but it lockdown hampered things though as well because i i really wanted to just go around to seb sometimes especially about some of his you know his arrangements and stuff i mean talk like riot van it was complex and and i i really i just missed that i missed that i couldn't do that and i just thought i oh, can, can i set up my laptop on his windowsill and just talk to him about some stuff it's just like <laughs> i just can't do it and yeah. Um, eventually discovered screen sharing on Zoom and that was really helpful and, and, and sound sharing. That was really helpful when talking to Johnny about um, mastering. Um, but yeah, it, it it held me back, but it just meant I had to just get on with it myself. And um, I mean, yeah, the way I feel now about going into four tracks again is a lot more confident um, yeah. because it I, there were there were times I didn't know how it was ever going to come together. And now I... I, I don't know what people think about them, but I am I am gen- genuinely so proud of them. I'm, they came out better than I wanted them to, um, and I'm just so pleased about them. So I would I would look in the future, you know, much more confidently. But also, God, four tracks is a lot. It's a lot to take yeah. on. And if I hadn't have lo- had lockdown, I don't know when it would have happened. I don't know when I would have yeah. got it done. Um, yeah, it would have been a lot longer. So yeah, in retrospect. Maybe I've taken on a lot less, but then on the other side of the coin, I'm going to be quicker at it now. Yeah. You know, um, so 
so yeah, maybe maybe next time I take on a, uh, one or two and and mm. and just see where they how they go, and then we can do another couple and whatever. But yeah, as I say, like we're going to expand it, and more and more people are going to learn the ropes, and and we just it just helps with content and output, and it's yeah, it's, it's great to do. It was so stressful at times, mm. um, but most of my stress I took most of my stress out on Riot Van. And that was right. like the first two weeks. I just yeah. didn't know what was going on and, and learned so much in that process that then right. I had to take time away from it to fr- refresh my brain. And I went straight to Kai's waterfalls because it was mm. just like a total gear change, not only in style, but just a different, a different arranger as well. It was just, it was everything about it felt different. Um, and, and I just kind of, because of all the complexities of, of that first attempt with Riot Van and everything, I just felt like I hit the ground running with Waterfalls. Um, and uh, I just had fun with it. And it Waterfalls really kind of just happened very easily. Very, um, yeah, it was a really pleasant experience. Um, That's great. Uh, producing I think what's, that one. What's nice as well, Barney, is obviously, you know, sort of, for you it was kind of slightly in at the deep end. and But you've also not been afraid to sort of play with stuff and have some ideas. And you know, as people will find out, I mean, we won't spoil it, but when we talk about bad guy, you know, there's a lot on that that you've done that is, and we talk about how it's kind of, it was like trying out ideas. So it was like we were writing a track and experimenting and playing around with sounds yeah, and things like that. Yeah. You know, we, you know, we don't want to go into it much because it the, the Basically we, we were, we were not only yeah. writing like in, in an arrangement sense, but we were writing in terms of, in terms of timbres and sounds and playing with levels and mics and and panning and all silly more production based things yeah that's it yeah yeah and so you know to jump in at the deep and do that is like yeah you can really give yourself a massive pat on the back and you know you should be very proud it's it's good to go with that you know no I thank you if- i mean if i hadn't had such low points in the whole process i wouldn't be so willing to <laughs> kind of feel so happy with how they turned out because i did, honestly didn't think they were going to get there but I think um, that's how you learn, isn't it? It can't all be plain sailing because otherwise you'll never, you'll never learn how to sort of come better or just you don't you know without failing and stuff you don't learn. So that's yeah. you can't you can't do it that way. So I think you have to have low points where you're just like, oh man, but yeah. I, you, sorry, carry on. Sorry, yeah, no. So yeah, I I think I, I think I have learnt most of the things that I kind of um, do as 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 skills or whatever with videography. Mm. Not trombone. I properly trained in trombone, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but, like <laughs> but like videography and and producing. I just and and this booth as well, like woodwork and stuff. Like mm. I I just. Um, by the way, we've plugged my mic in now, so it sounds oh it sounds a bit gosh, better. Sorry, the first part of the podcast was on a voice note. <laughs> um, I I just. I mean, Anna always just tells me I'm a bit of an unrealistic dreamer, not in an unsupportive Aww. way. It's, she doesn't sound unrealistic. She says I'm a dreamer, but it, the, the the subtext of that is be realistic, you know. But I just think that I want to, I, I want to find a way to make something work, and like, and and if and if I yeah teach myself how to do it, and we'll get there in the end. And and it might mean that the, it's rough around the edges but that only means that I'll be better next time and stuff. So um, I, yeah, I kind of do throw myself into those, those things, but it was lockdown. I mean, I didn't, I mean, I'm okay. We didn't know about lockdown when I was going to do it, but like, <laughs> but like I had, in the end, I had, you know, I had nothing else to do. So I'm so glad I had that, that to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. I found that during the lockdown that um, if you, if you run into a problem on a project, especially something, if you're doing something in logic, um, if it, you've got the time to just, 
just go down any rabbit hole you can you, you can really and just try something out okay yeah well i'll just dedicate the next two days to yeah it is, it is that insane isn't it whereas whereas before in normal life you would just do the the quickest way around it just patch it up it's fine just do it yeah. um so it's been quite nice in lockdown to sort of learn new skills with this extra time and just feel your way around and just see see what happens yeah um and often that that does lead to more problems and then you go oh god i've got to do this now and i dread to think how they would have come out if we hadn't had lockdown and i got them done in the time that i had spare because mm. there would have come a point where I go, well, this this is this is how they have to be because I have no more time or whatever, and um, yeah, what what an opportunity to learn how to do it basically, just en- endless time. Yeah, yeah all th- four tracks ended up taking me probably I think it was six weeks of editing. I think we would have scheduled the tracks to come out at a slightly later point, wouldn't we? If uh, you felt yeah, like they were probably, finished. but I, I, I didn't want them to be. I, it's, I think it's so nice we've been able to like have a fairly constant drip feed of singles since Johnny's first one. And it's mm. kind of flowed fairly um, kind of swiftly in, into moans as well. We gave it a bit of a break just over saturation. Mm. We don't want people to be, you know. It was quite nice how it worked out though, but... wasn't it? That Johnny sort of had his sort of done and we just said, yeah. well, we'll just put those out then. And then yeah. bought you a bit more time to finish yours. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like you say, we've been, we have been, we have been lucky that we were so proactive from the beginning of this year. So, like in January, like you were saying, you know, I suppose Chris and I were very keen to sort of spread things out, so we got more done. So we had like a recording session in January in a studio in southeast London. We had lads going to yours, Barney. We had lads going to Johnny's house probably some other stuff going on as well, but it just kind of showed that, you know, just kind of, as you, as you sort of previously said, many hands make light work and there's been, got, yeah. well, we've just got so much done, haven't we? I just want to bring you in, Fred. I just want to ask you, obviously, like, so being a trumpet player and recording with Johnny and then going over and recording with Barney, who's a trombone player, like, was there any difference in the sort of the processes that you'd go through when recording? Or was it just, you sort of, it was, you know, like, oh, they're just both brass players and had these ideas, you know, how was it for you? And obviously it's you sharing a part with Hoppo as well. Like, there's obviously other logistics that come with that as well. What are your um, thoughts? Do you know what, I, I, I mean, I tend to find with me, um, the first couple of, or the first time I go through something, I'm always just a little bit nervous, even if it is just Barney or, or Johnny, because, you know, you want them to think well of you and that, and that, you know, that you can actually play your trumpet. And of course they, they know I can play the trumpet, but um, I always find that I'm a little bit, little bit nervous and it always takes a, you know, a nice kind word from Barney or, or Johnny and be like, yeah, 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 that was good. But, you know, why, why don't you just sort of give it, a, give it a bit more oomph. And then just from that moment onwards, it's always, it's always fine. But I always, you know, it just takes me, always takes me a little bit of a while to, 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 to settle down. Um, but no, c- certainly both of them are very, very easy to, to record with. You know, you just, you know, they do um, make you sort of relax and, you know, the odd, odd little word here or, you know, here and there to, to, to make you think about things in a different way or, or to bring out different um, moments in the parts that you, maybe you hadn't, you know, given enough consideration to and things. Um, so that's that, you know, that's always, I always find that, that interesting because you, you get so used to playing the parts in a certain way on a gig 
Mm. Um, um, and especially cause you've never really given them that much consideration before you've just, <laughs> you know, you <laughs> sometimes like, like we've said before, you know, Seb's written the part for a, for a wedding and then, you know, suddenly that track is a, is a staple tune of ours and, you know, we haven't really sort of workshopped it and then we come in to record it and, you know, certainly for some of the parts was like, Oh, is, is that how it's supposed to go? I think I've been playing, you know, parts wrong for, <laughs> <laughs> for years. Um, so that's, that's always a nice, a nice thing. Um, there's a, there's better coffee at Barney's, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not a coffee drinker, so I, oh. sadly I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Oh yeah. 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 Barney went um, all out. I got some sort of flat white from the really posh coffee oh, machine. Nice. I think Johnny oh, yeah. just threw some instant coffee beans in there. And there's no chance for confusing where Barney is. <laughs> True. Oh, yeah, there, there is that. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> Actually, last time I got a ticket, at, um, a parking ticket at Johnny's, which was oh. really annoying because I am I parked the car. And he has a driveway. A that I, <laughs> yeah, but there, there was a... Um, his, mum, his mum gave Freddie a parking ticket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the playing was so bad and never come back. Um, yeah, there was an electrician or something there that, that was um, taking it up with his van. So I had to park around the corner and I parked the car mm. in a place that I knew was wrong. And I thought, oh, who's going to bother around here? And then oh. Johnny was like, oh, no, maybe you should go back and move the car. So I moved it again. Um, and it, the, the parking was a bit confusing. On one side, it was residents only. And on one side, it wasn't. And mm. the uh, residence only sign was covered up by a load of foliage, um, a load of load of plants mm. and stuff, and oh. I didn't see it. And I just saw the one across the road it. and just assumed that they would both. Be, I did, I did, but they um, could have could have parked in line. I'm only a, a two yeah. minute drive from Johnny Studio. Yeah, I, I should have done. I should have done. You write a letter saying, "Do you know who I am?" <laughs> rescind it immediately. Uh, they did not. They did not rescind it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I tell you what, Freddie, like it, like you you saying that about being you know aware of coming to play to me or Johnny or whatever. But me or me, Johnny and I both have sort of talked about the fact that we're so aware that we're being played too, and we want that to be like um to be a very comfortable atmosphere and and everything. And it's a massive it's a massive part of it. Um, if if someone comes in flustered and it, not not necessarily like in the frame of mind to be recording well yet or whatever then then let's start 15 minutes later we'll have a tea we'll have a coffee we'll just like get in get in a better frame of mind it's much more important than being like we've got to get it done absolutely Um, i think it's just it's the initial nervousness of the the red light going on isn't it yeah and it's now you're recording and like oh i don't want to split a note and then that was actually my dissertation in my master's was the the psychology of the red light yeah Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real, it's a real thing. It exists in everyone. It's mad what happens when that, when that goes on. People just yeah. change their, their breathing changes, their temperature changes, their heart rate changes. People just get tense, don't they? And then yeah. anything that you need to do, you know, particularly to play brass instrument or wind instrument is just inhibited because you just, your body can't yeah. expand. So you're just there like, oh. Yeah. I was just going to ask a question to Barney about, um, do you have any sort of techniques for getting out of a kind of very insular mind? Like if you're, if you're stuck in like a logic hole and then someone turns up to record something else and you've got to suddenly feel breezy and put them at, in a nice kind of mood. How do you, how do you do that? Cause I, 
it's hard to kind of break out of that sometimes, isn't it? Um, it's it is a hole. Like yeah, like Anna would just talk about losing me for days, just being like, you, you just, you take ages to come to after you know. Six, uh, it was quite good, like to keep a routine, even though it was lockdown. I would, you know, the laptop would close at six p.m. and we'd have dinner and we'd have an evening and probably a Zoom quiz, um, and. Um, and it's quite yeah, good it, to have those boundaries. Isn't to it? be quite it's regimented just... like that, yeah. Um, but but yeah, ten a.m. till or even earlier till six p.m. I just wouldn't be saying any words to her, and I would just be yeah in an absolute hole. She would be the weather was amazing, so she would be out on the on the old fox rattan, um, getting a tan, <laughs> to being like, "You're gonna come and join," and, and you know, at best, I was able to to go and like have a sandwich at lunch with her for twenty minutes, and then I'd go back. But yeah, she. Mm. would she noticed that um that psychological thing that happens to you with logic where you just you get lost in it um i so think I that's am- why like i think it's why you get those you know bands that go off they go off to studios to record and stuff like that definitely I mean, I guess if, you know if you're writing an album that's a sort of you, that's good because you can go and be somewhere and focus on the creative input of it as well but i guess if you go with them as the producer you get that time away and, you know, when you're in the studio, that studio time mm-hmm. and you can really go deep into what you're doing, which I guess it's all, when it happens in your own home, yeah. it becomes a lot more, it becomes a different beast entirely, doesn't it? It it's, would be amazing, yeah. wouldn't it be amazing if we could all go away to some far off, you know, mansion recording studio in a Welsh countryside or something <laughs> and just spend time, <laughs> yeah. like, immersed in making this record. But unfortunately, you know, as we've discussed before, that for the, it can't happen for us. It's just not. You know, it's but not e- but even then, works. even if I'm you know away from home and away from sort of seeing my other half and things like that, mm. it, we it's it would be the right thing for us to then have a have a structure in that mansion or that barn yeah, and yeah, stop yeah, yeah. at eight p.m. seven p.m. and have dinner together and and switch off. Uh, you know, yeah. that is the old Mars bar catchphrase, isn't it? Work, rest, play. Got to have, you've got to have <laughs> equal it. amounts or as near to equal amounts as you can. Um, um, and is that the Mars catchphrase? Anyway, work, rest, play. I don't know. Yeah, work, a, rest, and a play. A Mars bar a day. Helps you work, rest, and play. Helps you work, rest, and play. There you go, yeah. 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 So, uh, Mars bars. Um, no, so, yeah. So, so <laughs> I, Mars bars, bars, I, I think it is really important. So, it's like <laughs> you will achieve better results over a two-week period in a barn if you um, get eight hours sleep, do you know you are working so let's say you do 10 hours solid in the studio and then you take four hours in the evening to just wind down with your band and and i don't know i i think that then you come to the next day fresh head um i don't i don't think that's what happens with those albums though is it i think they all visit the local bars and pubs (laughs) and have a jolly good time and come up with lots of fun games and things whilst away from family and friends yeah and it all I'd, just becomes i'd love a, to do that i wish it'd be it'd be so cool wouldn't we if, it would if we be could, amazing like, hire out a so church good. hall like psb did that didn't they for for every valley yeah they had a big hall and then they turned it into a studio and then yeah it was the uh just, just it, it was a local institute yeah abavale institute then right. they, they, they spent like a week treating the room with with foam and building a drum booth and things like that mm. and then they were just right. they're just there there for a month maybe that'll be our next january Oh man, yeah. it's a, it's yeah. a lovely thing. Yeah, we get so much done. Yeah. What a, what a luxury that would be! Can you imagine it? all uh, partners, wives, or whatever? Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See Thanks. Yeah. Nah, everyone could come. Babies, wives. That'd be very, <laughs> yeah. very 
Um, but yeah, no, Seb, that's hard. A, a, a bit of enforced structure, I think, is the only way to do it. Um, yeah. Johnny was telling me about our friend Jimmer, who's the producer on for like public service broadcasting and front of house guy for public service broadcasting. He, um, um, I mean, he's not talked to me about this. I'm sure he won't mind me saying it, but like he, when he runs his studio from home, he has some, some kind of routine that's along the lines of, um, he'll go into the studio at 10 till 11 and then he'll leave and he'll go for an hour walk and then he'll come back for an hour and then he'll have a lunch break for an hour mm. and then he'll do like two more hours, I think it is. And then he, that's it for the day. That's it. And obviously he's a really quick worker, I'm sure, because he's mm-hmm. an absolute pro and yeah. really experienced. But he sticks to that. And we talk in future podcasts about um, the, the benefits of just clearing your head, going for a walk and stuff. And in the moment when you're there on Logic, it seems like, I mean, I've been like that, that with this woodwork thing. I haven't done any exercise for the past two and a half weeks because I'm like, but no, I can't possibly, I've got this, structure to fit or whatever mm. and really what is 40 minutes out of your day it's nothing but it just uh, you just feel like well no i can't leave i've got to get this done but so he's really good with that being like yes for only done an hour i haven't done all i wanted to do in that hour but now is walk time and you come at you mm. to another hour and then now is lunch time and that's keeping him probably seeing his his baby and his wife yeah. and 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 then and then he's he's just kind of bit a bit strict with it, a bit militant with his time, and it's probably a, probably happier for it in the old head. But if you if you did the same same uh, schedule, but it was just trombone practice, you'd say well, that's probably too much. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. If you were because if he's an expert as much as you're an expert on on the trombone, so you, you'll you'll be working at your most efficient. I would have thought when you're practicing. Yeah, so because obviously we, we have day, a I mean, bit of a time limit with the old chops, but yeah. well, we, we also have a time limit mentally as well, yeah. which is potentially even before four hours worth of work. I can't think but, of the last time I managed to do four hours of trumpet practice. I mean, hmm. I might have done that once in about 2007. Surely everyone integrates their practice with household chores. I know I do, so I've got to get a washing machine on, go and do some lip slurs. Oh, got to, uh, you know, got to make some food, uh, go and practice a piece yeah, or something. Well, you know, I mean, I just need an ODB uh, meeting and, and varnish the wood and I'm, it's a big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were awful in that meeting, but I bet you've done some lovely varnishing. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah my, my old trumpet teacher at the academy used to leave his trumpet out just around the house um, and he'd yeah. leave different trumpets in different rooms and whenever he walked past it, he had to just play a couple of notes. And then put it down again. Bob or Howard? Howard. Howard's nice. Yeah, Howard's now. He was a very mindful chap though, wasn't he? I think people used to go for lessons with him uh, uh, just to talk about approach and things. He was kind of a bit of a guru, wasn't he? Yes, he really was. Really was. You know, he'd just notice things about your playing and just be like, oh, Freddie, you're conducting yourself in. And just little things that you hadn't noticed. (laughs) You know, change your hand, hand position and things. And yeah, it's just amazing. He was brilliant. So obviously with each single comes a video. You've done it again, Barn. You've done that. Yeah, we're in lockdown. We're looking for a video idea. What are we going to do for number five? And then Barney, there he is. He's got footage to do some stuff with. So Barney, 
how did you save our behinds this time with the video? Well, it's my it was my last piece of spare footage I had, yeah. <laughs> um, but it <clears throat> it just seemed to fit quite well. I've, the TLC video is like chilling in probably what's the Pacific Ocean, I should think, on the West mm. Coast. I'm not hundred percent sure, but um, that looked like the vibe of it. Um, so uh, do you know they had over a million dollars just for the budget? Really, to film that video. Yeah. Oh, to wow. film that video. Why do you know that fact? Oh. Did you do some research for this podcast? Uh, I, I I might have Wikipedia up, but uh, right beside <laughs> me now on my, on my own monitor. <laughs> but I, I, I did read it earlier and thought that was a really interesting fact. I mean, that's oh, nuts. Isn't wow, it? that's this amazing. Age, yeah, well, we didn't have a million dollars. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Why not? We all, Why not? And but we were so, all locked in our own houses. So, so if, pe- yeah. if people have seen our uh, Are You Mine video, they'll see that I... Um, took a trip a couple of years ago to um, LA and surrounding areas and like Santa Monica and Venice Beach and stuff. And I got lots of just stock footage I filmed um, to use at a later date. Um, and so that's all made up of that. Um, and it's very, it's very kind of abstract. It flits between things. And um, I've got, I've green screened the lads into a few sections and stuff like that from spare green screen shots that I had. But one thing I kept back uh, was um, what I kept doing was this was around the time that we were going to maybe do like a little karaoke channel on our mm. YouTube. Um, yeah. And so to to do that, I thought, well, uh, what a nice thing would be is just to have um, lots of wide shots of interesting landmarks and things going on um, just uh, so that maybe I could put the green screen the brasters in front of it or you know do something where there's a nice space in the sky to like run some lyrics through for this karaoke stuff and so i did that with um lots of things that made it into the are you mine video but they just all seemed a little bit boring um as as a whole video in themselves it was just mm. it was the beach with like the ferris wheel going round santa monica pier or yeah. it was some um some chaps playing uh, like handball, like like uh, you know, you smash it against a like a three walled compound, and it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's oh, like yeah, 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 yeah. and they're smashing this like squash ball with their palms or their hands, and then there's like the the um, the observatory in um, uh, in in the hills near the Hollywood sign and stuff. And it was all fine, but I, it just it just made it into the Are You Mind video instead as little snippets. But the one thing that was seen really great and interesting was uh, a basketball match that i that i filmed at um a, a 50 frame 50 frames per second frame rate um which uh, uk films are generally made at 25 uh, frames per second american films are made at 24 frames per second Ooh. so 25 frames per second is where things exist in in uk tv and uk films as uh, the standard way of seeing things. So to film something at 50 means that then when you put it into um, your editing software, you literally halve the speed and it looks just as good as uh, something that I've filmed um, at 25 frames rate per second. But mm. everyone's slow motion, uh, but high quality, not jolty. Um, yeah. It's, it's um, yeah, it, people are being captured um, just as regularly on film as as they would be if if I'd done it at twenty five. So, yeah. um, so 
that gave me, I, I sat there and filmed for three or four minutes, but that means I've got eight minutes of footage um, to use as a basketball match. Um, so I chose the best, what is this song? Four minutes, something like that. I chose the best four minutes um, where um, the game was interesting and um, uh, yeah, they they kind of didn't get in the way of where I wanted to put the lyrics because I couldn't, I couldn't make yeah. lyrics disappear behind people, but I could make, not moving people, but I could make lyrics disappear behind uh, roofs and buildings and pylons and stuff. So these lyrics kind of scroll up like a bit of Star Wars fashion mm. in the sky, yeah, cool. but they gradually emerge out of um, the different angles of the buildings and stuff as if they are in the mm. distance in the skyline. And the whole time you've just got these lads playing basketball and people riding by on like chopper bicycles and uh just it's just capturing this this little chunk of of um sort of an la afternoon uh which felt in keeping with with the video uh, with with waterfalls as a track um and yeah it's just nice it's 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 nothing it's quite basic but it just felt in keeping i think well i really like it because you've got the basketball going on so you, there, there are like nice elements to concentrate on. And when you start to think about it, it actually is like there's so much going on that you're never going to get bored because there's the basketball. And then you have the lyrics for Waterfalls going up one side. And then obviously when the Macy Gray bit kicks in, you've done it in a really cool way where you've got the Macy Gray lyrics coming in, coming in from right to left, haven't you? And they come in right to left along the bottom. scroll along the bottom, yeah. Yeah, so you've got these two sets of lyrics like showing this is a mashup, that's the lyrics for this, and then you've got, and so you're like, oh, you could watch it three times to concentrate on every aspect, which is like, and you wouldn't necessarily get bored because you're like, oh, here it comes, there it is. Yeah, and And like, we, I mean, it was a nice learning curve. I'm sure all of us have this about so many tracks that we play. We're not that aware of the lyrics. (laughs) No, Not, I have no idea. You know, we try and be aware <laughs> because it. it can help with phrasing and stuff. But but I didn't know half those lyrics at all. So yeah. um, I then obviously had to type them all in and make sure they were timed correctly. Um, it was just interesting to find out what those lyrics are. But yeah, there's obviously there's, there's so much going in. And even, yeah, not even as well as just the basketball game. There's just there's just people. And I are you a fan, Chris, of just people watching? I am. Yeah, I am. I'm definitely. I could yeah, sit in the I'm window really... of a coffee shop for for an hour and just sort of. See who's going past. Be a bit nosy, you know. Yeah, but I think I was definitely one of these people that's like. I think I noticed far too many things. I, I think I'd be if if anyone was ever going to do anything bad, I'd always I'd probably clocked them out of the corner of my eye because I think I am just always when I'm out walking down the street, always just people watching, <laughs> which right. then might equate to me actually just staring at people, <laughs> just watching, them, which is bad. But I'm just like Holly's always actually. Like, How did you what you notice that? And I'd always like, oh, that's, <laughs> like if there's a celebrity, I was like, oh god, there's so and so just over there. She's like, what? Yeah, I just, I'm just spying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, maybe I'm very nosy. It's socially acceptable to to people watch from inside a, a coffee shop, but is it? Uh, socially acceptable to uh, people watch from outside a coffee shop looking into a coffee shop <laughs> or, or sat on the same chair but just turned around and faced everyone else and just watched yeah why why is it okay in some well you're disguising yourself as just having a coffee but really you're looking at people yeah. is it socially acceptable to uh, people watch through someone's bathroom window no hello <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so no that was a video that um, you know it didn't take any uh, much editing in terms of splicing up shots it is just one long shot of a, of a basket watch mm. but yeah there was an, some automation to take care of with the lyrics um yeah. 
And I did I did an old little trick I like doing sometimes where at the beginning of the video, um, we actually enter into an old retro TV set in someone's living room. Yeah, so that's, that's a, little, a nice thing. We sort nice of, little trick from film. Yeah, we film start. Boss, we did yeah. that one originally. I think we. Oh, I think I did that originally with um, when we did like a Brasters takeover. And um, mm. I got too carried away with it and I, I put myself into some <laughs> TV screens and stuff. And I thought, that's quite fun. And so then when we made the Shake It Off video, Seb disappears into a, uh, a, a screen in a, in a photo booth and we go inside the screen and, and things come, go a bit less staticky and we get to full clean uh, like images of like the brass playing inside O'Meara. Uh, the, the venue Amira. So yeah, it was just a bit of that again, um, of just kind of. But it's good. Um, it's good to have a theme, isn't it? It's good to have a little. Yeah, like your signature. It's like your do 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 do. Yeah, no, I like I like videos. playing around with old old TV sets, putting us in old mm. TV sets. Don't yeah. know why, but I do. Yeah. And making it as real as possible because that's just a photo that TV set, but you can add movement and yeah. stuff to it that it looks like, and and a bit of light coming in through the window that's flickering, so it looks like. You're, it, yeah, it looks like you're actually in um, some sort of um, living room in in mid mid America, America, America. Yeah, That's cool, I America. thought I'd said it wrong. Oh, no, it's America. No, it's America. Uh, America. America. <laughs> um, I never actually said that word out loud. In like the mid in the Midwest or something, and um, it's a bit like you know um, uh, signs. Mm, yeah. It's a bit hazy or, or uh, um, interstellar. That kind of because yeah, of the dust bowl, yeah, everything's yeah. just a bit hazy and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So they enter into this TV set, and it's all really static, and everything's not quite lining up. And then we get inside, and bosh, we're down at uh, Venice Beach, and nice. um, the lads are having a basketball match. The I lads, the lads. Quite enjoy. You you lived in America for a bit, didn't you, Fred? I did. Yeah, yeah. I lived in uh, in Tallahassee, in um, in Florida. Oh, for um. Yeah, just just under a year. The man from Tallahassee. Yeah, Tallahassee. Tallahassee Bridge is that? That's yeah, a, that's a thing. Is Tallahassee down on the Panhandle? No, it's 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 up north. It's just underneath the Georgia border. We've been there, Barney. Have we? Yeah. Oh, we drove um, there. Oh, it's, it's quite near. There's a um, there's a NASA station somewhere around there, isn't there? Oh, shall we I drive past know. something to do with NASA? It's like the first big town you get to. Um, from when you cross the border. I don't think that was Tallahassee, said. No, that was Pepsi-Cola. <laughs> pep, pep, Pepsi-Cola? Pepsi-Cola. I think we went there because... Yeah. Pensacola. Pensacola. <laughs> Sorry, that, that was Pepsi-Cola. Pepsi-Cola. <laughs> oh, is that where they do Pepsi-Cola then? Right. <laughs> no, you're thinking of Orange Fanta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What were you doing? Yeah, it's, quite, it's quite near LucasAid. <laughs> yeah. What were you doing in Tallahassee, Fred? You were, you were studying, weren't you? Yeah, so I went out. So after I finished at the academy, I went to um, Florida State University to, it was supposed to be a year of focus and studying (laughs) and getting away and just, you know, really dedicating to myself to playing the trumpet in a a small room without any distractions. Mm. But when I got there, um, there were many distractions that I found. (laughs) Um, I set up a rock band with a few, few of the lads that I met just in my apartment complex who happened to be on the music course as well. So, um, uh, yeah, so I had this rock band and which I, I sang in for a year and that was, that was really, <gasps> Freddie, what? Do we need footage of this, Freddie. Oh You're yeah. The front man. Yeah. 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 I was the singer for it. Um, yeah. What? I didn't yeah. Know 
Yeah. Yeah. It's on YouTube. Is this, and you, was it simply if red? You go, was it? If, if, you, yeah. if you go back to my earliest pictures on Facebook, because um, that was so. This was when Facebook hadn't even come to the UK yet. Mm. So it was just in American universities. Yeah. So um, yeah, in the 80s. right back at the very. It was in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Young whippersnapper. Is it on YouTube at all, Freddie? Uh, no, no, no. I don't, YouTube didn't exist then. What What was the band called? Is it on, online at all? Uh, yeah, we presence? were called Doctor Fox. Doctor Fox. Now, Doctor Fox. Doctor Fox. Yeah. Do- Doctor Fox. Oh, sorry. I think your internet. I thought you said Doctor Fox. No, yeah. Doctor Doctor, because there Doctor were two. Fox. Two lads in the band who were brothers, um, and they were in a box. And oh yeah, sorry, a skull oh, yeah. of foxes. <laughs> and one of the guys was doing a doctorate, and I was doing a doctorate as well, supposedly. Did you get your doctorate? No. No, 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 I left. Well, I, I would have had to stay there for four years. Um, you just set, you didn't, yeah, you just settled with Lord Bowles instead of Dr. Bowles. Better, <laughs> exactly, <isn't> <laughs> exactly. Much better, much better. Um, yeah, so I decided to come back. I mean, the the, the, the course was was good, but the, the standard of playing was not what it is at a, sort of an academy level, sort of maybe, mm-hmm. a, maybe a bit below that. Um and seeing as I couldn't get any professional experience out there, it just made, it made sense to come home mm. um, rather than stay out there. And, and the thing is, you get a degree out there and then you, you know, you, you've got to sort of really stay on there. And I didn't want to lose all the contacts that I'd, that I'd made back in the UK. And um, so, yeah, yeah, decided to come home. But it was, it, it was just a real, it, it was an eye-opening experience in that, you know, it, it, in this country... As soon as you open your mouth or the, the, you know, as soon as people see you, they are pigeonholing you, you know, from what you're wearing to, you know, the way that you speak. People have preconceptions of you as a person. And mm. I found, um, you know, I always wanted to do more commercial music and, and, you know, music college for me was, it was just purely classical. There wasn't really any scope for any other music. I, I felt sort of limited in being able to sort of practice different styles. So, you know, could go over to America and then I could just be anything I wanted and do anything I wanted without anyone having any preconceptions of who I was or what I was. Um, I was just English. That that was it. So I could be as mad as I wanted. So, I, you know, having the rock band really opened my eyes and like, oh, I can do other styles of music. And I, I, you know, I don't just have to go and play in a symphony orchestra if I, if I don't want to. And so my whole idea of going there and practicing and, you know, practicing all the excerpts and trying to, trying to aim for a job just all went out the window, you know? And, um, yeah, I came back with long hair and a tan and, um, you know, a changed mentality of <laughs> what I wanted to do afterwards. So it was great. That's, it was a, it was an amazing year. That's brilliant. Um, yeah. Like a little year, year out, just a year away from everything. Exactly. Just come exactly. Back. Well, that's it. Cause I remember then bumping into you, like it must've been a few years later in Parker's and yeah. you just, you had, yeah, the long hair was there. I was like, cause you were practicing away. You had your back to me. You were in a booth in Park, yeah. the old Parker's practicing in there. Yeah. And I just sort of came in and saw this guy with curly long hair in this booth. Who's that beautiful lady? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. And I just saw Freddie in there and he had, you just had long hair and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, Freddie, where the, yeah. where the hell have you been? Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah. 
it was amazing. And there you were just practicing away on a new trumpet or something. That was it. And then you were back in my life. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> and ever. It's amazing and how ever. people just sort of sometimes slip in and out of your life and then yeah. that's it. You're back and it's all different. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, uh, yeah. I mean, I just, I just want to, I want to see your band now. I want to, I want to see you sing. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there are definitely, um, yeah, some, some early, some early pictures on my, on my Facebook somewhere. Amazing. Yeah, so thank you ever so much for listening to episode five of uh, our podcast, Waterfalls, with Freddie and Kai coming in to make up our team. Um, and hopefully see you for the next one, episode number six, where we concentrate on our latest single, Bad Guy, by Billie Eilish. Thank you. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.